Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Ephraim, I'm going to be honest. I wish we had an intro like the Chicago Bulls of the 1990s. Oh, my God. That would be amazing. That, 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 is, that is the hype that is building up to the docu, uh, documentary that's going to start airing tonight. But I've seen you know Rex Chapman tweeted out, and I hate the Bulls. Like I, I I couldn't stand the Bulls in the '90s, but still that introduction is I think what everybody needs in their own life. So I just- I agree with you. I'm a Laker guy and have always been a Laker guy. Matter of fact, it pained me more than anything when the Bulls won their first championship in '91 against my Lakers in in Magic Johnson. And then you still love it. You still love, dun, 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 you know the. Yeah, the whole thing is just no. (laughs) Maybe six six guard from North Carolina. Oh man, and and people still think that running out as a team is a good idea. Like all that, you know that that bugged me so much when the Patriots ended up doing that in Super Bowl thirty six, and now everybody does and says, "Look at the great team atmosphere! Look at how great it is! Look at how great it is when you do individuals running out of something!" Oh man, that's the, that's what we need to bring. I, back. I'm glad that didn't start until after Super Bowl thirty three because one of my fondest memories of that time was being called out in the starting lineup. Oh wow. That and that's such a that's such a coin flip, right? Because it's either that was offense a coin, or defense. That was a coin flip. And I remember watching the coin flip in the locker room and we won and I was like, oh my God, this is it. And <laughs> I was so overcome with emotion, I almost fell running out. <laughs> Right? Number 74 (laughs) from San Diego State, 
Ephraim Salam. And I was like, oh, God. Uh. <laughs> and I'm like, God. I don't know what to do. Oh, man. That's, you know, I, I've thought about that many a times of being like when you have like stars on both sides of the football and you're like, well, geez, this team has to have the offense because this guy needs to be, you know, this guy needs to be announced. Or if you're the 49ers, you know, as great as their defenses were, they still had Montana and Rice. You know, right. You got you to announce the 49ers offense. But on teams where you're like, okay, they got some stars here, they got, you know, like, man, it would be a toss-up. I suppose it was like for you guys, it's like, what, Ray Buchanan and Jamal Anderson? So, like, one of them are going to be able to kind of do their thing if, if you had a toss-up of that Falcons team? Right, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, but let's get it straight. I mean, our offense was prolific that year, just FYI. Just sure, sure, <laughs> sure. Oh, well, I'm glad that you got that. I wish the NFL would go back to that. I know we love the team thing, but it's just the whole Bulls intro, just kind of seeing that on Twitter today and people getting hyped about the documentary, which we'll, we'll talk about later on in the show, uh, a bunch of different uh, angles to go with that story. But I do want to stick with the NFL because it is – less than a week from the NFL draft. As we're coming live for the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. How much do you believe of anything that you hear between now and what's going to happen on Thursday, Ephraim? Um, I don't know, man. You know, it, it's you, tough to judge. You just get so many stories, and, and, and this is going to happen, that's not going to happen. It's one of those, we just want to really sit back, wait, and, 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 and see, and see how this thing plays out. And I think that there's there's teams that maybe maybe they they want to trade down. So let's just say that they had a really good visit with a player. Maybe they just put it out there like, hey, this guy's really worth a visit for other teams to want to move up. Or if there's a player that teams want to trade up for, maybe it's beneficial for them to just put out a story of maybe why a team wouldn't want to want to draft that guy, maybe allow that player to fall to them, or at least make a team more willing to want to part with their draft pick so this said team could then say, okay, we're going to trade up and get the guy. And when it comes to Tua Tungavailoa, the quarterback out of Alabama, I don't know what to believe. And I, and I just end up coming back to the point and why I think, I, I think he's, he's the most, most unique prospect that we've had at the top of a draft Ephraim because I have seen just so many things about him and around him that have gone from this guy could be Dan Marino to this guy can't last a full season in the National Football League and this from a guy who's thought to be at one point the number one overall pick in the draft maybe a year ago before he suffered the hip injury Tua to me is just it's so intriguing because he's the most polarizing prospect that I could ever remember in this NFL draft and now we're five days out of the draft and I still have no idea where he could go yeah and you know that's the thing even before all of the you know the coronavirus and and all of that you know those questions were there right now I'm sure it'd be a little bit better if he was able to be checked out thoroughly by every team interested's doctor that's Mm -hmm. not the case but when you really look at the draft you're rolling the dice no matter what Right. And every player, no matter what, there are more there are more first round busts than any other round uh, in, in, in draft history. Sure. Because the expectation is so high. So if you're a team that needs Tua to come in and be the savior this year, then you might not want to go that route because of the uncertainty. 
So, you know, the best thing probably that could happen to Tua is if he were to fall. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, yeah. If he were to fall, look what happened to Aaron Rodgers. And he was healthy and a gunslinger. And the fact that he was able to fall and sit behind Brett Favre for a few years, I mean, he's become one of the top five greatest quarterbacks to ever play. So it's not so much, you know, he, he shouldn't, Tua shouldn't be so worried about being in the top five, top ten, any of that. Because the longer this thing goes, the better situation. He'll be on a better team, right? Miami, yep. Miami has bare cupboards, right? They're rebuilding. They're going to do some things in this draft that are are going to impress, uh, that are, are are going to help them in free agency. They've they've done some things, but the number one thing you need as a, as a quarterback is an offensive line. Period. You just need that. I don't care if you don't have any running backs. Any receivers, you need an offensive line just so you cannot develop bad habits. And when we see young quarterbacks get in situations where they don't have offensive linemen to protect them, everything is sped up. The game is already faster. So if you don't have the minimum of three seconds to make a decision and everything you do is between 1.5 and 2.5 seconds, it's impossible for you to grow. And, I, you know, I look at the Chargers as, to your point, of a team that has made a concerted effort to address their offensive line issues this offseason. They bring in Trey Turner. They sign Brian Balaga. They have made efforts because they needed to upgrade. You talk about the time factor. You talk about maybe if there is some time needed. There are teams. The Dolphins do have Ryan Fitzpatrick. But when you have Terod Taylor being the guy that the Chargers are saying is their starting quarterback, that provides the opportunity. And maybe more so in all of this, and Ephraim, and you look at how a guy is going to succeed when he is young in his career and needing that offensive line, I have, I have pointed to the fact of, and, and we'll get to the Wonderlook test in, in a second, but just the fact of this sort of NFL that we're in right now, it's worth in my mind, even if you aren't a full believer, it is worth taking the risk because you aren't going to be handcuffed as much as you were previously. And I think that's the biggest sort of deal. And when we look at the success of teams in the National Football League and how they are built, very rarely, I would say more often than not, Ephraim, maybe this is a better way to put it, more often than not, quarterback is one of the later pieces to be put in. There's more of what you talk about of making sure you have an offensive line, maybe making sure that a defense can get a stop or you have a running game that can take some of the pressure off. But when you look at the success of of teams around the National Football League where, if I don't care, you, you take a look at Kansas City. Realistically, we knew Kansas City was good. They were good with Alex Smith. But then all of a sudden Patrick Mahomes comes in and adds a whole other dimension. He's the last piece that comes in. We look at the Titans run. Heck, it had to be Ryan Tannehill be the guy to step in and be that last piece. And so when you talk about two and you talk about the things that you say, I just think that when you see what the Chargers have put together, and by the way, this wasn't even the angle of the segment that I, that I thought I would talk about, but everything that you said, it just makes so much sense for a guy that is so polarizing with this stuff in and around. Everything fits for him to be in a Chargers uniform. I, I just I, I I think of of what they have put together, and I I I don't I don't believe in 
wonder lick tests are are whatever are you a believer in, in no, any of that no yeah. man no yeah and and that's why i think it's worth the risk and i think it's worth the risk of the chargers and it's worth the risk of the dolphins if there's any team i think you've got to go up and and, and take him and if you you know what if he has injury history hopefully your team or has an injury incident hopefully your team is built well enough to somewhat navigate that injury that he may have you know, yeah, occurred, yeah, and happens. a lot of that falls on the type of trust you have in your training staff, your 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 medical experts that you have on your team, and you know those type of things. And we saw it happen in the NBA. We saw it happen with Kawhi, who lost focus and and, and lost trust in the medical training mm-hmm. staff of of the Spurs. We saw it uh, uh, with Kevin Durant, who lost, you know, faith. And Golden State and what they were doing, which was which was crazy because uh, the turnover there, for people who don't know, usually medical staffs and doctors and, and, and trainers, they stay with teams for decades. I'm talking about decades. Gary Vitti. They're still, <laughs> right. from when I played in Atlanta, there's still medical personnel sure. that's still there with the Falcons right now and in Denver and all of these things Green for Bay, decades. Yeah. They've had like three staffs rotate in through since the new management. That's very rare. So that that led me to believe that something just wasn't right there. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. just to go behind the decision to play to not to play, and 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 you know, you got Demarcus Cousins out there. He gets hurt, right? Then, uh, uh, I'm talking last year. Then. You know, you have Clay Thompson get hurt. Then you have um, uh, Kevin Durant get hurt. Like all of the, come on now, this is. You start looking like okay, so for a young player who's had some 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 injury history in in college, being comfortable with whatever team you go to and their medical staff, and know that you can trust them and believe in them, that means all that means everything. That takes a whole mental aspect out of of, of, of rehab and, and, and getting yourself healthy and ready to go. You know, and, and just seeing and, and seeing what what's transpired with this last week. There's the, the, the past two weeks, really. There's the videos being put out. It, it's it's really like a volatile stock market when it comes to Tua because it's look at this video. Oh my goodness, he is moving around. He is he is making all the throws one hundred percent. And then a few days later, you have well his injury. This team doesn't have him on their draft board. Then there's another tick up, and then all of a sudden we see Wonderlick test, which reportedly. At first, it was 13, and then it was up to 19 that maybe the numbers were wrong. We don't know officially what the numbers are to that point, but it just seems like there is up and down news always with Tua. And it's just, I, I know like we've done this with other prospects, but I just don't think it's been to this extent for, for how good he was, the injuries that he's had. Heck, the program that he played for and coming from Alabama. I mean, you're talking about, you know, arguably the most, you know, high-profile football program there is in the country. And so he's a name that we know and are familiar with. And it's just it, – it'll all come to a head on Thursday. It'll finally – at least this part will be at, uh, in his past. But I just – there's been so much going on with him that I don't think we've ever seen it before. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a lot. And, um, you know, hopefully things shake out for this young man. And all he has to do is worry about getting in the door. doesn't matter where he goes. Just get in the door.
He's E from Salam. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Get E from on Twitter at E from Salam. I'm at Dan Beyer on Fox. One big name in the National Football League is on the trading block. We'll tell you who that is next here on Fox Sports Sunday. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Fox Sports Sunday, he's E from Salam. I'm Dan Beyer. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Get E from on Twitter, at E from Salam. I'm at Dan Beyer on Fox. Outside of the rumors surrounding NFL draft prospects, there's also rumors surrounding NFL veterans. Two big names coming up in headlines this week. Odell Beckham Jr., it was put out there that reportedly was on the trade block by the Browns in a deal to the Vikings. Many people shot that down, including Viking sources, including the Cleveland Browns. And by all reports, the Browns are not shopping Odell Beckham Jr. But it did come out over the last 24 to 48 hours that the Jacksonville Jaguars may be shopping Leonard Fournette for a team that is going nowhere. There's really no reason in my mind to... to (laughs) If you could get value for Leonard Fournette, it seems like you're tanking for 2021. By all means, 
I, I, I'm all for that. And if there's a team that can give you value, if you're not in it for 2020, there's no reason to add tread to a running back's tires for another year. But I do think OBJ is is intriguing. And, and I don't know what values you could put out there, Ephraim, because the, re, the early report said second and fifth rounder. And, I, you know, he's got a lot of money due to him. But the point being of this, if you're the Cleveland Browns, is Odell Beckham Jr. tradable in your mind? I think anybody's tradable. I I, I, I really do. I, and I think um, they got a lot of young talent on that team. No real leadership or direction. Um, is Odell Beckham Jr.? a talented receiver without a doubt. But as we all know, through the history of the, the league, having a talented receiver doesn't necessarily equate to wins in the championship. Mm-hmm. So what is the real value of OBJ? Right? If he goes to somewhere like, I don't know, if he goes to somewhere like Green Bay, his value is tremendous. Right, but if he goes to somewhere like Miami, like how valuable is that in terms of wins and losses? How many wins and losses does OBJ get you? And if you can answer that question, you can determine his value and what you're willing to part with for him. Yeah, and it's interesting because I don't know how many wide receivers we can really put values on. I, I mean, of of when when we look at Super Bowls. One of the common themes that we've had over, I don't know, the last decade or so, even more than that, was what premier wide receivers have 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 won a Super Bowl? Who has you know broken through and won a Super Bowl as a premier wide receiver? I mean, you know, even Julio Jones when the Falcons came close in Super Bowl Fifty One was really one of the real, you know, premier players to come close. Denver had, you know, Demarius Thomas, who was a top wide receiver, but you're also in Peyton Manning's offense. And then they got, you know, annihilated in the first Super Bowl, and it was more defense in their second Super Bowl. When you look at the Chiefs, yeah, Tyreek Hill breaking through, maybe that's it. Maybe it's changing a little. But I just don't think that the value of the wide receiver is going to give you an uptick in wins. And I think that the Browns found that out. And when you look at who the Browns are and where they are, Ephraim, I could understand why they would maybe be looking around even if the team ended up trying to trying to shop him. You have Nick Chubb, who's a stud running back. You've just signed Austin Hooper in free agency. Jarvis Landry seems to have the rapport with Baker Mayfield, maybe more so than Odell Beckham Jr. So, like, I get that portion of it. There's only so many footballs to go around, and I know you don't want to dismiss talent and just – you know, move talent off your team, but if you can actually find some value to it, I can understand why the Cleveland Browns would want to. Money is a whole different different issue, but I just, I, I think that the, the I think people were surprised. I'm not saying everybody was surprised, but I think some people were surprised that the Browns could be looking at moving OBJ after one season. And to me, it just, it, it makes total sense if you're the team that has him because I just don't know the, the, the entire value that he brings to the Browns organization. Yeah, and, when, and not only, um, you know, they have Kareem Hunt as well. So, yeah, yeah. you know, they have dynamic runners. They have a prolific pass catcher on the outside. Brand new tight end is going to uh, wreak havoc. Right, an up and coming defense when they get everything back uh, in order. 
So, yeah, having OBJ is almost like a luxury, right? We could throw him out there. We yeah. could do some things, you know. And it's, you know, just, it's the navigation. You know, when you're looking for a car, you know, 10 years ago, it's like this thing has nav. You want right, the navigation? Right, you want right. the basic thing? You know, like you want the CD player, or the navigation. Can't get both. <laughs> what do you want? To, what do you want to do? Right. That's that's what he is. Yeah, yeah. And, and and I I just think in most receivers overvalue themselves. That's just part of the position. Um, mm-hmm. being a, a, a you know a big time receiver, number one, you have to be cocky, confident, conceited, whatever that is. Right, that's why they're the prima donnas on the football team. Uh, throughout history, mm. you know, no one has been more boisterous than, than receivers. Or you know, oh, you got a rookie who comes into the league and he writes a book after his rookie year. Throw me the damn ball! <laughs> like really? Like what? Excuse me. Right, but you 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 look at things like that, but and that goes with. The position, being a diva, right, attracting attention. That's why one of my favorite players that I've ever played with, I have two guys. It's Andre Johnson, the great Andre Johnson, who will be in the Hall of Fame with the Houston Texans, and Rod Smith when I was with uh, the Denver Broncos. Those two gentlemen were receivers, and they came to work every day, no matter what, and never said a word. Yeah, I mean that's that's you know top level guys right there, and, and and hey, you know Rod Smith has rings, you know. So yeah, he does. You know, <laughs> unfortunately at your expense. I got one on my head, and he loved. <laughs> three years later, when I joined the Denver Broncos, he loved talking to me about all of that. Oh man. I'll tell you what, if you're the Cleveland Browns and the New England Patriots called and wanting to spice up that offense with Odell Beckham Jr. Um, I'd listen. You jump on it. Yeah. Of course. I, I mean, I would absolutely listen. I, I mean, you talk about a team that would need – I mean, if you're trying to find value around the National Football League and trying to, as you said, like, you know, you you put him with – you put him in Green Bay with Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Ooh. Jones, you're like, oh, my goodness, this team is off the charts. Now, it may not make a lot of sense money-wise for Green Bay, but to your point, it's for a team that's a winning team with a, with a stud quarterback. Right. Put him in Miami, that's not going anywhere. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that. They're, they're trying to trend upwards, but maybe has a ways to go. Yeah, they're not there yet. They're not ready for yeah. that yet. But you put it put him in New England, you know, I, I mean – I. Uh, and I'm just throwing things out. This is nothing of just, but the, but to the point, like there, there there could be a few teams that would be interested in that sort of talent, and I think it would behoove the Cleveland Browns to look um, into every single option. Easy from Salam. I'm Dan Byer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. What is the future of the New England Patriots? And are we seeing a future of the NFL draft that we never believed we'd see? All those questions are answered next. But first, David Gascon gives us the latest of what's happening on this Sunday. Hello, David. Hey, guys. Major League Baseball is going to change things up a little bit. Uh, according to Ken Rosenthal, the league itself will inform teams on Monday uh, whether they can give a decision on flexibility with their non-playing personnel. Commissioner Rob Manfred is going to suspend the uniform employee contracts, enabling teams to furlough employees or reduce 
their pay. Denver Nuggets plan on promoting assistant general manager Calvin Booth to general manager. That's according to The Athletic. ESPN's Adam Schefter reporting today that Leonard Fournette could be on the move. He's owed $4.16 million this upcoming season. Miami Dolphins have waved a handful of players. Wide receivers Terry Wright and Andy Jones, along with linebacker Jamal Davis, Jake Carlock, and also quarterback Lyndon Stevens. College football news, Cincinnati received a verbal commitment from three-star recruit guard Mal Glenn. USC the same from four-star recruit Kalen Bullock. Former UConn redshirt safety Tyler Coyle's on the move. He's going to Purdue. And former Aggies wide receiver from Texas A&M, Rashawn Paul, is going to Arkansas State. Guys, back to you. Appreciate it, Dave. It is Fox Sports Sunday. He's he from Salam. I'm Dan Byer. Yeah, the Jaguars have a decision in the next couple of weeks if they were to keep uh, Leonard Fournette, if they were to exercise his fifth-year option. They aren't going anywhere in 2020. It would only make sense if there was a team that was interested maybe in moving him um, where he at least would have one year of uh, a great rookie uh, contract of value. Then that would maybe be a benefit of another team. So something to watch, at least leading up to the NFL draft. Joining us now here on Fox Sports Sunday, she covers the Patriots for the Boston Globe and has also written an interesting piece on something that maybe we could see in the future when it comes to the NFL draft. Nora Princiati joins us here on Fox Sports Radio. Hey, Nora, happy Sunday. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Happy Sunday, guys. Let, let's uh, let's dive in first of all to, to one of the pieces that you've you've uh, recently written, and it's I don't know if it's the norm, Nora. I don't know if it's something that uh, tons and tons of players are doing, but I do wonder how much of the future uh, of stuff like this that we could see, and it's about these these virtual uh, virtual pro days that certain players have had to do because they have been unable to get access to other teams to show off their stuff. In 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 a nutshell, as a whole, because of the situation that we are in, has the virtual pro days been a success so far for some of these prospects that are entering the draft? Well, yeah, I, I think they have been. But the thing about it is that having a virtual pro day is not about, like, the challenge is not running a 40 and taking a video of it and not coming within, you know, six feet of, your trainer who's videoing you or whatever, right? Like the challenge is that, you know, NFL teams are super paranoid. And if somebody's agent or brother or whoever sends them a video of somebody running a four, three, they're going to throw it out unless, you know, that person was expected to throw um, to run a four, three. So um, when I did that story, I was talking to David Canner, who's a veteran agent um, and some of the guys at his agency just about, how the thing that they've had to, you know, put their time into, it's not really about how do you find a field, how do you find somebody to take the measurements and blah, 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 blah. It's how do you convince teams that the information that you're sending them is trustworthy because the teams, you know, they got to get this info somewhere so they're receptive to it. But if it doesn't seem like it makes sense for the player, they're going to be really, really skeptical of it because, of course, they're used to being able to see this stuff with their own eyes and for themselves. So, you know, what what they were doing is they were always having the person who was recording the times and doing the stopwatch be someone who, you know, didn't work for the agency, didn't work for the player, was not on anybody's payroll. Um, and then in certain cases, like, they have a guy who improved his 40-time not anything crazy, but, um, you know, a substantial amount from the combine when he did his virtual pro day. 
And he was disappointed with his, his combine 40, so it wasn't totally out of the blue that he would do better. But then they called up um, the people who do Zebra Technologies, which is the player tracking on-field data, and they do it for the Senior Bowl. So they got his top speed from the Senior Bowl, um, and it was relatively comparable. You know, it was pretty sure. fast. So they're contextualizing it. And for those guys, they were getting a lot of teams calling them and saying, you know, okay, we, we watched what you sent us. Um, can we get a FaceTime meeting set up with, like, the guy who improved his 40 time was Bradley and I, um, who's an edge rusher from Utah. So they were able to have one team, they wouldn't tell me who it was, but who clicked on his pro day video, his virtual pro day video, like 24 times in one day. And then the next day that team comes and requests a, a meeting with him. So I would say that based on that kind of feedback, yes, the teams are taking some of the information seriously, but I've also seen all this stuff on Twitter where it's like a kid's running a four two five in his backyard. And I've talked to some scouts who are just going, you know, no way. Like, yeah, of course, I can run a 425 if I've got a blood relative doing the stopwatch. So I think it's all about how they're verifying. That. I mean, that's pretty fast. I mean, it, 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 it's, it's, that's pretty fast. 3-8. Thanks, Uncle Dave. Right, right, you know, right. <laughs> uh, cousin Boudreaux just clocked me at 377. Right, exactly. Um, and then you factor in the nature of, you know, NFL people are skeptical, so you got to know your audience. I, I kind of like the fact that this is happening in terms of now guys really have to study the film, and that's the fairest shot that these players can get coming out of college and into the NFL. Turn on the film. What do I look like when I'm covering, when I'm running routes, when I'm uh, chasing down the, the quarterback, right? The film doesn't lie. That's something that holds up even on the next level, right? Guys always say, turn on the film. You'll see what type of player he is. Because the bottom line is they'll never run another 40 again, no matter what that time was. It'll never happen for them again once they get drafted. And so it's all about breaking down that film and finding the correct fit for your team. So now it really puts the onus on the scouts, the GMs, and the coaches to do the work. Yeah. Well, I think that's definitely true. And, and it's, you know, in some ways it's nice to have that kind of meritocracy thing going on. I will say, though, the interesting thing about it is I wonder if we'll see a lot of linemen on both sides of the ball getting drafted maybe a little bit higher than people are expecting this year because what I've heard, uh, what I've been hearing from a lot of people is just kind of comments like, well, you know, you got to look at the tape. The tape is the most reliable thing for anybody, but there's all sorts of variables when you're talking about, you know, corners and receivers and, what was the competition and who was the quarterback and were they just so good that nobody was throwing their way and blah, 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 blah. Whereas when you're on the lines of scrimmage, it's kind of like, do you move people or not? Do you get moved or not? And there's a little bit more confidence, I would say with, you know, the big guys. So I'll be curious if, you know, even some of the interior linemen maybe might go, a little higher than we're expecting. Yes. 
<laughs> Finally, this draft, the first 15 picks will be offensive or defensive linemen for the first time in history. Yes. Just centers. Uh, like, let's it, just pick centers, you know? <laughs> uh, Nora like a huge run on centers. Nora Princiati of the Boston Globe joining us here. He's Ephraim Salam. I'm Dan Byer. One of us is a 13-year NFL veteran. Uh, I won't say who Ephraim, uh, but it, it's not me. Uh, get Nora on it's Twitter. Me. Yeah, it's Nora. <laughs> yeah, get Nora on Twitter at Nora Princiati. So you also cover the Patriots for the Boston Globe, I and mean, that's actually your main job, but we started off with, with NFL draft stuff. How different is this draft going to be uh, for Bill Belichick and the Patriots without Tom Brady now as their quarterback? Um, well, actually, one thing about the Patriots is that they just do everything the same all the time. Sure. So if you were an alien beamed in from Mars and you just watched their process, I actually bet that, you know, besides the fact that they're all going to be doing it separately and at home, um, you would not see a process that looks wildly different from anything that they've done in the past really? it's actually yeah it's um, actually what i expected you to say to be honest i didn't know what the answer was going to be but i'm not necessarily shocked at your answer yeah i mean they they also have definitely been one of the teams and this is also not surprising to me that has in you know the few public comments that bill Belichick has made about the whole situation been very much like we can't complain. We're just going to do the work. It's not that hard. We've had extra time to look at film because we haven't been, you know, tracing across the country to a zillion pro days and we're learning the technology. I mean, Bill even said FaceTime correctly. So <laughs> you know things. He's, you know he's really getting down to business about it. Um, so they've been very, you know, they don't want to, use this as an excuse and they're just kind of business as usual which is not surprising because they are always business as usual the only thing is that of course when Tom Brady is a Tampa Bay Buccaneer the results are far more pivotal than they normally are and I would say that that's actually not just about the situation at quarterback it's a combination of the Brady factor and also the fact that their last few drafts have not produced a lot of players who are playing meaningful amounts of snaps and really producing for them. So, you know, they got to restock the cupboard in a number of ways, and it's not just potentially adding another quarterback. It's not just putting, you know, specific guys around Jared Stidham or whoever ends up being the week one starter to allow him to succeed, it's really about planning for the future in a holistic way because they just have not gotten much out of their last few drafts. What what is the expectation uh, for the season? Have, Have they talked about that at all? I know everything is business as usual. It is the Patriots' way. But not having the great equalizer in Tom Brady what is the sentiment and the feeling about the expectation? Is this a 10-win team? Is this an 8-8 eight eight team? Is this we're going to win the division again? So I'm I'm not going to – got to be really honest with you. That is the question that I'm asking myself every day. Because when I've looked at their decision-making 
over the last few months. What I notice about it is that every single individual move is very much a patriot's move. It's value conscious. It's not rash. It's not, you know, they don't get caught up in, in hype. They address needs. They don't reach for players who don't fit the, you know, measurables that um, and physical traits that they sort of require at position to position. However, and the other thing that I know to be true is that they are incredibly motivated to do well next season and going forward and not look like a team that was being carried by, you know, arguably the greatest quarterback of all time and not much else. However, (laughs) I don't quite know how to square that, honestly. and I haven't gotten good answers from anybody with the fact that when I look at them, I see like a five win team particularly when you take into account that they have a brutal schedule next year. And I've heard a lot of people talking about the Matt Castle year, and that's all fine and good, but that was with a team that had an undefeated regular season the year before and played a really, really weak schedule. And now you have basically the opposite situation and, and, you know, outside factors. So, you know, I'm the first to say that Bill Belichick knows better than I do. It's just that I'm not – so accustomed to there being this enormous gap between what I feel like I'm seeing when I look at who they've got on the roster, how much draft capital they have. Um, You know, they can create more cap space, but as far as that goes right now, they are out of money in terms of making additional moves. Um, And then a team that I know is motivated to win next year and seems to be proceeding not in a way that indicates that they want to rebuild, but is just not matching up with what I would view as, you know, a really exciting group of talent. So I don't know that that's a good answer, but it's just to say that I'm as confused about it as everybody else. (laughs) She covers the Patriots for the Boston Globe. She's Nora Princiati. Find her on Twitter at Nora Princiati. Nora, we appreciate the time, and, uh, yeah, good luck with the rest of this offseason. Be safe. Thanks, guys. You too. It's Fox Sports Sunday. He's Ephraim Salam. I'm Dan Bayer. Ephraim and Tom Brady actually have something in common that only a few people can actually claim. We'll tell you what it is next here on Fox Sports Sunday. Sports Sunday. He's Ephraim Salam. I'm Dan Bayer. Get Ephraim on Twitter at Ephraim Salam. I'm at Dan Bayer on Fox. As we're coming live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to Geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. So what do Ephraim Salam and Tom Brady have in common? Aside from stunning good looks, Ephraim. Right. We're both married to supermodels. Both married to supermodels. And... You were both drafted 199 in your NFL draft, that right? That is correct. That is correct. Ephraim was a seventh-round pick in 1998, number 199 overall. And, of course, we know that's uh, Tom Brady's thing uh, as well. When you see when, – when you look back on draft day, what, what comes to mind? What was that like for you? What are guys going to have to be dealing with over this next uh, next weekend? Well, a lot of uncertainty, and it was terrible for me. I remember uh, the Jets, uh, they had a scout that uh, was based in uh, San Diego, and I spent a lot of time with him. Came to, We watched film together at the school. We would go out to eat at lunch, and he, I mean, he was like, we really like you. Mm-hmm. 
And I remember on draft day, he called me. So back then the draft was the first three rounds were on the first day of the draft. And then rounds four through seven were on the second day. That's how it was, Sure, you know. Uh, yep, Saturday, right Sunday, yep. So I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to get drafted the first day. He calls me like right around the end of the second round. How you doing? What's going on? How, are you and your family okay? All of that. It was like, we got a pick coming up in the third round. And I'm pretty sure we're going to take you. Are you ready to be a Jet? And I was like, absolutely. So I inform everybody around me, <laughs> and the pick comes in. The phone doesn't ring, and it's like, uh, with the such-and-such pick in the third round, the New York Jets take tackle Jason Fabini. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, what? <laughs> they pronounced Steve from wrong. Right. I'm like, <laughs> Jason Fabini? who turned out to be a pretty good tackle and, and played for a bunch of years for the Jets. But it was heartbroken. And after that, I kind of just phased out. The second day happened. The whole day went. It was awful. And so I just, me and my brother were together, and I said, yo, let's go, man. So we left, turned the draft off. We were in the car on the way to the movies. And I got a call, and it was Art Shell, And he was like, hey, Ephraim, how you doing? I was like, uh, I'm all right, man. He was like, uh, you watching the draft? I said, no, nah, I'm on my way to the movies. He was like, oh, okay. Uh, well, we're going to draft you in the seventh round with the 199th pick in the draft. And I said, uh, like prior to that call, I was getting calls from teams says, hey, you can pick where you want to go now. This is a great sure. opportunity. A lot of free agent phone calls. And I was pissed. And when I got that call from, from Art and I just said, he said, look, I'm going to give you an opportunity to come in here and prove to everybody that you can play this game. Competition is wide open. What do you want to do? Oh, man, that is awesome. We're going to hear more about Ephraim's draft day stories and so much more. It's all coming up next year on Fox Sports Sunday. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. We put Ephraim to the test again in 30 minutes. See if it's easy as one, two, three, four. Plus, Ephraim will continue with his uh, draft day stories and uh, and so much more of what life could be like for so many in the National Football League who are about to enter the National Football League this week as the draft will get going on Thursday. We are coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Ephraim, I'm not sure if it's because we have no sports. I'm not sure if it's because there are so many people who are maybe Michael Jordan fans that want to show off their era. But the hype of what uh, has really been built up over the last 24 hours about this Bulls documentary has, has been something that I've never seen before. I can't even remember you know, certain games with getting the hype that this documentary is getting. It's been crazy. It's out of control. I can't wait to see it. I think uh, my brother and my buddies are going to have a watch party tonight, then go on uh, Instagram Live uh, at the end of it. it, it it's just we, <laughs> we're we clamoring for something, okay? <laughs> yes. Yeah. We're, we're, it's obvious that we're willing to do anything to watch some type of sport. As I'm sitting in the studio with four televisions and, you know, the old hockey high uh, uh, all star skills position, the the, the 2013 <laughs> yeah. NBA playoffs, and what is this? The uh, Senior well, Bowl or the yeah, Senior, the senior bowl. bowl is on. You know, Fox just played your Super Bowl that you played in with the Falcons and the Broncos mm-hmm. that just wrapped up. But uh, yeah, there's a there's a there's an SEC LSU Auburn matchup that you can flip to if you need. But this is this is. I think there's so many different levels to what this is all about. I think there's people who want to see what this image of Michael Jordan is. That's been one of the things that have been, that's been hyped up about it is what type of Jordan are we really going to see? What kind of guy was he really? We thought we knew Michael Jordan, um, but did we really know him? And then there's the other factor of, see, this is Jordan. You could have your LeBron and you can have your Durant and whoever, but this is Jordan. This was my guy. I think you've got a group of, of people saying that as well and trying to prove it. And then there's just people who are nostalgic that, that look back and say, well, that's my era. He wasn't necessarily my guy but this is how things were in my era and I want my kids to see or I want you guys to see and maybe maybe it's not great for kids considering some of the language that we could hear in all this but I just think there's so many different things coming together and why people want to see this documentary yeah and and you know it's been a lot out there saying even Jordan came on and said hey, people aren't going to like me after they see this I, I don't think it's nothing in this documentary could 
could surprise me and and make me think, uh, you know, a different differently than I think about Michael Jordan. When I think about Michael Jordan, the, the first thing now you got to remember, I wasn't a Bulls fan by any stretch of the imagination. I'm all Lakers, you know, Magic, Kobe. That that's that's me all day. Shaq. My brother's a diehard Bulls fan. We both were born in Chicago. And, you know, I fell in love with the Lakers. He's a diehard Bulls and, and, and Michael Jordan fan. So all through our youth, we grew up going at it. Mm-hmm. Going at it. He used to talk about Magic's knee braces. And I used to talk about Jordan not winning championships. <laughs> and, and we used to go back and forth, back and forth until 91. The Lakers end up beating. Uh, I mean, excuse me, the Bulls end up beating uh, the Lakers in the finals for their first championship. And that was a, t- ugh, it was a terrible summer for me. But with that said... It was like you have to respect the fact that he's about winning. By any means, he's about winning. Yeah, sometimes you do got to punch your teammates. Sometimes you do got to, you know, choke somebody in the locker room. Sometimes you got to cut somebody out because the expectation is so high. If you can't meet it, then you got to get out the way. And I can respect that as a former uh, professional athlete. The toughest thing that I think to replicate is, you know, we've heard, we've heard guys try to m- motivate others or do different things. And as you said, you, you do stuff by any means necessary. And I've, I've brought this up a few times when talking about it, but you and I are, are about the same age Ephraim. So I think we have a similar, maybe a similar remembrance of just what basketball was like. And I've brought this up where in the eighties and you're a Lakers fan, but the eighties the were crazy because, Celtics Lakers finals provided fans like me with the ability to hate both teams. <laughs> like it was like you didn't want either of them to win. Like it was tough because they were so good and it seemed like they were always there. But once the Pistons kind of, you know, crept in and then took over the Boston spot, I'm young enough. I'm, you know, 12 years old or, you know, 11 years old around that time, seeing the Pistons kind of do their thing and then see the Bulls start knocking on their door. And then what happens? Well, the Bulls kind of take the torch from, or they don't kind of, they do take the torch from the Pistons. And then I'm waiting to see, okay, what are the Knicks are the next team. So now now the Knicks are going to end up beating the Bulls and the Knicks will be in a bunch of finals. And like, that's how I thought basketball was. That's how I thought it was going to be with the Bulls. And it never happened. They didn't lose. And, and and until Jordan steps away is the only time that you see them really, you know, is is, is the time where they falter. And even, even the season when he came back, he only played 17 games of that regular season. It's tough to put together. It's tough to put together a playoff run when he comes back in, in mid-March to end up, you know, wanting to play for the team. And then they lose to the Magic. But then when he plays a full season, they don't lose. And that's what was so difficult was you had Burton Magic going back and forth. You didn't know who was going to win, but you knew that one of them was going to lose there was no one to knock Jordan off of that perch and that's what was so surprising because I was waiting you know for for you know the the teams to do it or the other superstars in the league and it just never happened yeah and 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 that's the 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 testament to the greatness of Michael Jordan in those teams he and and, and this when people want to argue about who's the greatest all time he himself stopped what I consider the greatest era of basketball, he stopped some of the greatest players in the history of the game from getting championships. Hall of Fame players, all century, all 
the greatest of all time. He himself and his team stopped them from achieving that pinnacle, right? Mm -hmm. The Charles Barkleys, the Stocktons, the Malones, the Ewings. Like, I'm talking about the, some of the best of the best. He himself was like, no, it's not going to happen. <laughs> Period. Sorry. It's truly absurd. I mean, it really was. And, and, when, and when you look at it, Houston got lucky. Right? They got, they got lucky because he retired. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they, they were able to sneak in there. It was, you know what? I will say this: I would have loved to have seen a Houston Bulls final, like like we 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 never we didn't get that we didn't get because you know for as much as the Knicks were the Knicks, I I mean Houston was a better offensive team than what New York was, and the Bulls Knicks battles just seemed to be brawls. Into I was I would I would be curious to see what they would have done to Olajuwon. I would have been curious to see how that would have played out. Right. You know, and Drexler comes over and, you know, ends up, you know, being a part of the Rockets organization. And then, you know, he's like, to see that, I think it's probably the one thing that we're maybe missing out on of of what, you know, of, of what could have been. But I do think it would have been interesting to see how they would have played against Olajuwon because I think he would have presented problems that nobody else did in any of their six titles. Oh, games. yeah. He, he, was a, he was a handful. He was a, a situation. And, you know, the Bulls weren't – they weren't built around the center position, right? No. They had uh, – Luke Longley. Luke, Luke, Luke Longley and uh, Bill Brad – Bill Bill Cartwright and was Brad uh, – No, it was uh, – uh, yes, it was Stacey King was a part Stacey of it. Stacey King. Yeah. They had like a three-headed monster to just rolling in, just Brad getting fouls Sellers. and rebounds. Yes, yeah. like just fouls and rebounds. You know, at a time where you thought they people thought you needed a, a dominant center to actually win a championship, that was in that era. He changed that mentality of having a Kareem, of having a, a, a Wilt, of having a Ewing, of having you know a great big man to lean on in the playoffs. He changed all of that. They had a bunch of dudes who was just out there. Mm-hmm. That's. You know, when you compare LeBron and Jordan, I don't want to get into that. <laughs> Trust me. I don't want to get into a LeBron versus Jordan sort of thing. It's no comparison, man. The 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 thing about Jordan is physical-wise, height and weight, there were guys like him. That's the thing about LeBron where there, there was nobody at his size and strength that was doing what he was doing physically. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like, like there's – you know, there were there were other six five six six shooting guards in the NBA. You know, like yeah, there was a bunch of them. Yeah, there's, but there's not a lot of six nine power forwards who can run the floor at you know two fifty. You know, I mean, it's just it's it's not there. And that's the that's the one thing is is when you look at when you look at what Jordan was, and when we you know when people maybe get a, a chance to have their memories refreshed by watching this, or young people just seeing it really for the first time is physically wise it wasn't like he had this you know huge advantage because he didn't because there were just a bunch of different guys like him and i think that's something that needs to be taken into account yeah you you have to and just at his size and his weight and his ability to take contact and dish it out and you know will himself over 
you know, your powerful, the powerful defenders. I mean, that's something that you don't, who's doing that? LeBron, yeah, it's, I mean, he's 6'9", 280, 275, with the skills of every position, right? And, you know, Michael Jordan developed himself into a dynamic nightmare, is what I like to call him. A dynamic nightmare who can give you everything you didn't want on a basketball court, offensively and defensively. You didn't didn't like the Bulls. I didn't like the Bulls, but we all love this. This is the one thing we can all agree on. He's been all over Twitter today, by the way. It also makes me think of Ephraim. I just got the chills right there. <laughs> there's also there's also that anticipation that you know Jordan is coming last. It, it reminds me of a TV show, a sitcom where they have like two big stars. Yeah. So you put the the one big star at the front, and then at the end you go and so and so as you know because they're like they're both carrying the weight. You just can't have one directly in front of the other. So you start with Pippen, but then you have the best for last with Jordan. How many how many times in high school gyms has that song been played over oh crappy God. PA systems? I, you know, I, every time we played. <laughs> what are we going to run out to? Oh, the Bulls theme, of course. You know, that's us. That's oh just man. so you know, my senior year in high school, I. I was uh I was I was introduced last just put that oh up. okay all right <laughs> what number th- was it thirty four was no th- I was forty four uh, in high oh, school forty four we had the we had the school where you know it was like the small jerseys were ten you know through fifteen and then it was like medium was you know twenty right, right. you know through and, and then hey you know who was fifty you know. You know who was going to be 54 and 55? You know who was going to be 23 and 24? Because he just he had to do it size-wise. But, oh, yes. Oh, man. The high school, I guarantee you, yes, the, the, the tapes. You can even hear the hissing of the cassette tapes of people taping that <laughs> and playing it over, uh, over gymnasiums. Oh, great stuff. It's the only thing that we can actually agree on, aside from both disliking the Bulls. That's exactly right. We both loved that, uh, that intro. Giddy from on Twitter, Eddie from Salam. I'm at Dan Bayer on Fox. We are coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. You can always listen to the show on FoxSportsRadio.com and the iHeartRadio app. Some may call him the GOAT of NFL information. We'll check in with them next. Adam Kaplan joins us here on Fox Sports Sunday. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Fox Sports Sunday. I'm Dan Byer. He's Ephraim Salam. It is a Sunday here on Fox Sports Radio. Get Ephraim on Twitter. At Ephraim Salam. I'm at Dan Byer on Fox as we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Mm. And now, joining us from the Inside the Birds podcast. And our Fox Sports Radio NFL Insider, you can find him on Twitter at Kaplan NFL. He's Adam Kaplan. How about yeah, that? that phenomenal, man. I know that one real well. I know that <laughs> real well. That is, uh, by the way, do you know the band that uh, put that music together? No. Who was it? No. Jeez, you know what? I should know. I was it the sure Alan, Alan Parsons, Parsons project? Yes, Al- sure. that's what I thought it was. Alan Parsons yep. project. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah. that as being an NBA junkie as I've been for thirty-five, forty years. Um, I know that music real well, and that and what I love is um, the intros. You know, to Six Six Guard from North Carolina, Michael Jordan. I mean, it's just they're getting better than that. We are. Uh, we we. Uh, I didn't know your alma mater. That was the only issue. 
So, what oh, could... Ohio U in the Temple, yeah, yeah, yeah. We it was funny when I was at Ohio U in the mid '80s. We were so good at basketball, terrible at football. Uh, one of the years we did win a game, and they, the students, I wasn't a part of that, though. I trust me, I wasn't going to do what they did. They actually tried to light the stadium on fire. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was like 85 or 86. They, yeah, it was, uh, it was bad, but uh, they were great in hoops. Then Temple, obviously, has always been good at hoops. But uh, football, they've kind of turned around the program. Well, well, let's, uh, you know, the Cleveland Browns are going to try to turn around things. That's how we'll transition into the NFL. Any smoke to this I don't know, uh, any fire, I guess, to this Odell Beckham Jr. smoke uh, with uh, him possibly being on the trading block, but a bunch of denials from it. Is there anything to this? Yeah, Dan, my, my understanding is talking to them is that just a couple things that, that with Odell Beckham Jr., they they want to build this, this roster. They don't want to keep rebuilding. Uh, they've got a good amount of draft picks, uh, cap space. They've got, they feel they have a good basis for a football team. So as one team source said to me when – when uh, this crazy report came out from New York, uh, this the, someone with the Browns told me, he goes, you, you got to understand, right now we only have two guys we could actually use at wide receiver. The rest of them, are, they don't even have any roles right now. Uh, he said, he's like, look, we're, we're not in a position to trading away our best players. Um, I think the problem, though, with, with the, the roster that they inherited in Cleveland, uh, former general manager John Dorsey, he didn't do a bad job, but what he did do is collect a bunch of talent. Some didn't quite fit for the future or long term. Um, the Browns maybe do some willing and dealing during this draft, and I'm told pretty strongly that they're looking for a left tackle. Um, I never put too much into them trading for Trent Williams. I'm not ruling that out, especially if they don't get their left tackle that they're looking for. But that that's really where it starts for them in this draft, this left tackle. They've got their quarterback. They've got two good receivers. They're really stocked at tight end. And then they, then they want to do stuff at linebacker to cover other positions. Yeah, when, when you talk about the Cleveland Browns and, you know, high expectations last year fell flat. And you, you look going into this year, they have all the weapons. They have all these weapons. OBJ, they got two premium running backs, two premium receivers. They just got a, a, a premium tight end. The question is, can they bring along a young Baker Mayfield and can he be a premium quarterback? Well, Ephraim, here's the deal. Kevin Stefanski, who really did a good job with Kirk Cousins the last couple of years, uh, you know, he, he was part of the staff when Pat Shermer uh, was the OC in 2017 and made it to the NFC Championship game. Um, Kevin has worked with quarterbacks for Chiefs on and off for 15 years. Uh, he's there, a big part of it is to develop the quarterback. Uh, Alex Van Pelt, a former quarterback himself uh, at Pitt, and he, he was a Backup quarterback for the Bills for many years. He's worked with quarterbacks. He came from the Bengals. Uh, they're there to develop the quarterback, and you're right. They're really good at running back. There's no quite Nick Chubb looks like he's going to be a star at running back. This is what the Browns first have told me. They've got a they've got a pretty good eight to ten players. It's the rest of the roster that they that they have to develop, and that's what they're going to do in this draft and also uh, in the future years. They they want to build on what they have, not start taking it away. Adam Kaplan joining us here on Fox Sports Sunday, breaking down what's happening in the NFL. What about Ephraim and I talked about Tua a little bit earlier. I want to get a little specific about the Wonderlick score stuff. How much of uh, do the Wonderlick scores matter to NFL teams? They look at it, it, it. It's part of the process of evaluation. But the tape study, it's real simple. I'll give you an example of how you've got to be careful with, the, with these scores. You might remember Christian Ponder, who was a first-round pick of the Vikings, who had a tremendous senior bowl week. I think it was maybe 2011. Very high test score. Uh, one of the highest test scores of a quarterback for his class. 
believe it or not, he had very, very bad trouble processing information. He just over, he would overthink. And, and I was told by a Viking source that it just, no matter what they try to do with him, it didn't work. But yet we've seen quarterbacks with low test scores, Dan Moreto, Donovan McNabb, we can go on and on and on, be superstars. They will look at it, but it's, it's the football character. You have to have what's called functional football intelligence. As long as you've got that, you're fine. If you're a low test score and you can't process, you're going to move down the team's draft board. Yeah, I, you know, that whole test thing and the way they put, you know, issue the test. I remember when I had mine and they gave it to us. We had been up for almost a whole day and they sit you in this little it's probably different now. It's more of a grander thing, but it was just it was just uncomfortable. I just wanted to sleep. I don't even remember what my test score <laughs> was, but whatever it was, I didn't I, I mean it didn't matter to me. The fact that I went to a team, no matter where I got drafted, I beat out whoever was in front of me and started all 19 games in, in, until the Super Bowl, uh, including the Super Bowl, and then went on to play for 12 more years after that. Like, at a certain point, is can this guy play ball? Period. I don't care how fast he ran, how what his test was, how big his hands are. Can he play the game? And one thing I would add, think about it, because the way these things work is you're with the player at the Combine Senior Bowl. This year, unfortunately, a lot of players didn't come in for a pre-draft workout. But they've got, they've got in front of the player one way or the other. In most cases, plus, by the way, in these Skype interviews or Zoom interviews, you're able to get, you're able to get in front of them. And you can, as a couple teams told me, you're going to have them diagram plays virtually. So as long as the quarterback can do it, you're fine. So you bring up Tua. No team that I've talked to, and I've talked to so many teams, because I knew the two was going to be a big story since February. I figured I must have talked about 20 teams on him. He, I, I, look, I will tell you this. If he drops out of the top ten, though, I will tell you there's probably going to be a free fall. I, I've talked to a lot of the teams and the teens. They're not looking at a quarterback, but there is one with a wild card. That's the Raiders. Mm. The Raiders had absolutely, starting in February, interest, significant interest in Tom Brady, I'm told, by two team sources. They backed out for whatever reason. They did their homework. They decided not to do it. They backed out, not Brady, and that was that. But what this tells me is if it's not going to be in the first round, which it probably won't be, unless something crazy happens with Tui drops so far, I wouldn't rule out the, the Raiders taking a quarterback. when their, their next pick, unfortunately, after the first round is in the third. They have three third-round picks. I'm just not totally sold on Derek Carr being their future past this season. This season they're locked in with him, but after the season we'll see. Okay, this is complete conspiracy theory. Adam Kaplan joining us here on Fox Sports Sunday. He's from Salam. I'm Dan Beyer. Would that be a reason why they maybe brought in Marcus Mariota? To help to you know, his transition. I know Dan, right, Dan, I know people brought up the situation with Ryan Tannehill and Mariota in, in Tennessee, and it's an ironic. Now you have Mariota, who, by the way, got an incredible backup contract. It, it, one of the best backup contract quarter, for a quarterback I've ever seen. It's a phenomenal contract. Um that's not their thought process. That uh, Gruden always liked him, going back to his, his uh, the quarterback school stuff that he did for ESPN many years ago. Uh, but they there were two. I'm told there two or there were two other three teams you know involved in it. Maybe mm-hmm. jacked up the price a little bit. I don't think that's in their thinking uh, right now. But talking to the Titans this time last year was never really in their thinking with Tannehill. They only had him on the one year deal, and of course they he had to play and he played great. Uh, but I'll say this. They have a plan for uh, Mariota in terms of what they would do if he had to play. They, they know he's a different style quarterback than Carr. 
Because Carr, you know, the thing with Carr is he doesn't want to run. He, he just could, though he's a pretty good athlete, he just goes out of his way not to run with the football. Yeah, and when you talk about uh, the Raiders and the, and the things that they've done and starting the season in a, in a new city, new state, you know, what are the expectations? Are, there, are they at a point where they're, they're winning now, they're going in to win now, or are, there, are they still in this rebuilding phase until they do get a quarterback that they like? No, Ephraim, I was told a year ago, and, and I was, you know, it was retold to me at the combine, they were going to spend big or try to spend big uh, for a couple of reasons. They were going to Las Vegas. It was their last year in Oakland last year. They were not going to spend a lot of money. They knew they were leaving. Uh, they were going to put it all on the line, try to, try to at least improve greatly uh, through the draft and free agency. They've got two first-round picks. Remember, they were in on Byron Jones. They made a monster offer. I'll give you a little, another little scoop here. Uh, they made a significant offer to Jimmy Ward, um, the safety of the Niners, who... I was going to pick between the Niners and the Raiders. Um, they were going to spend big on him. They spent really big at linebacker, two premium deals uh, with Corey mm-hmm. Littleton and the kid they got from Chicago. No, they, they've, they've, they, I'll give them credit. What they told me turned out to be true, and, and they've got these two first-round picks. So to answer your question, they want to make a big jump in their first year with, in Las Vegas. There's no question about it. Adam Kaplan joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. Last one for me, we heard Lions – Bob Quinn says they're open for business. Uh, Dave Gettleman says they're seriously looking at moving down from four with the Giants. Is this just week before the draft talk, or is there legitimacy to those teams moving out of those two spots? So, guys, they're really, in this draft, depending on which GM you talk to, there are only 10 to 12 what we call true first-round grades. The rest of them, you look, so you got to take it. If you have a first-round pick, you got to take it unless you trade out of it. Uh, I, there is a belief after two, because Chase Young is going to go two to Washington, there's a drop-off from three maybe to six. So, and Gettleman's very open. This is the first time that he's been the GM, that he's been – he's a guy that does not like to trade, but uh, he, this is true. He definitely is open to doing it. The reason why Bob Quinn uh, is going on the record, Quinn's usually pretty tight-lipped, but he's made it clear he's willing to trade out. Uh, they like a kid that they drafted last year in the fifth round, a, a corner from Penn State, it, it, there's no question that corner is a major need for them, Dan, but um, they, his name's Amario Warrior. He's a pretty, pretty talented player. They're still going to draft a corner when the first two rounds. It's just a matter of do they do it at three, trade down, and get one of the top two? Because remember, folks, at corner, after Henderson, the corner from Florida, it drops off significantly, and you've got to be careful if you're, you're Bob Quinn. If you want one of those corners, you can't trade down past probably seven or eight. Wow. Oh, man. Should be, should be cooking up. He's Adam Kaplan. Find him on Twitter, at Kaplan NFL. You can hear him here on Fox Sports Radio and also on the Inside the Birds podcast. Appreciate it, Adam. Next week should be some uh, crazy, crazy stuff. Can't wait. Thanks, Adam. Look forward to talk to you guys next week. Thanks. Absolutely. All right. He's Ephraim Salam. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Get Ephraim on Twitter, at Ephraim Salam. I'm at Dan Beyer on Foxes. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. And now, mm, with the latest of what's trending on this Sunday, six feet tall from San Diego State, David J. Gascon. Interesting. <laughs> oh, jeez. You don't, you, don't you don't like that? Well, technically, I'm six foot one. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, sorry about that. It's wow. all good. And uh, I'm actually a product of Northeastern University. No, no. Yeah? No. Yeah, I am. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. You're with us, buddy. Well, no, I'm I'm with me. 
Oh, look at you. I'm with me. I'm team, I'm team Gasco. Oh, my God. Boo. <laughs> Th- thanks for having fun with yeah, us, Dave. Right, right. I'm always hey, having fun. What are you talking about? Thanks. Dan, listen, listen. Hey, Dan, a next time, front. don't waste that intro on him, okay? <laughs> Jeez. I mean, I, oh, I bet you're fun at parties. I, actually, Jeez. I'm great at parties. I drink. Oh, <laughs> you oh get man. Nothing. Listen, nothing wrong with representing, right? Just want to have my my box score and my uh, stat line right. Can, can we do the update so we can get him off of the? the of, he just killed the whole mood. Oh, I did really. Oh god. Oh, quit complaining. <laughs> Jesus, unbelievable. You get. Uh, you guys were mentioning the last dance. It'll be on tonight, uh, nine o'clock Eastern, six o'clock Pacific. Other things going on in the sports world today. Uh, Denver Nuggets plan on promoting assistant general manager Calvin Boot to general manager. That's according to the Athletic. Meanwhile, switching gears to the National Football League, Adam Schefter reporting the Browns are not discussing trade right options right now with Odell Beckham Jr. Dolphins have away five different players: Jake Carlock, Jamal Davis, wide receivers Andy Jones, and also Terry Wright. College ranks right now, former Northern Iowa tight end Briley Moore transferred to Kansas State. Former UConn redshirt senior Tyler Quill transferred to Purdue. And former Texas A&M redshirt senior wide receiver Sean Paul is making his way to Arkansas State. Guys, one quick item in the National Hockey League. Manchester and New Hampshire, New Hampshire, excuse me, they've emerged as possible neutral sites for the National Hockey League to provide the regular season and also the postseason. However, on the other side, NHLPA Executive Director Don First said he has not yet had any discussions with the National Hockey League about specific neutral site locations just yet for the Stanley Cup playoffs this summertime. All right, back to you guys. All right, this is Fox Sports Sunday. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. He's from Salam. I'm Dan Beyer. Are you ready to go 10 for 10, Ephraim? You know I am, player. All right, let's do it. Easy as one, two, three, four. We give Ephraim four questions. The topic today is actually all centralized on one thing. So I think there's a really good chance that Ephraim could get a perfect score of 10. He can use the help of our executive producer, Gavin Kinzel, technical producer, Iowa Sam, and our anchor, David Gascon, if he needs help in any of these questions. Ephraim, we need you to start out today giving me one of two from a topic involving the Chicago Bulls. Are you ready? Yes. All right, Ephraim, your quest for 10 starts now. Name one of two teams that took the Chicago Bulls to a seven-game series in the playoffs in the years that they won a title. There were two teams that took the Bulls to a seven-game series throughout the NBA playoffs in those six seasons. Name those teams. You don't have to give me the year, but only two teams took the Bulls to seven-game series. Name one of the two. I'm going to say, oh, that's a good one right off the bat. I'm going to say the, ooh, <laughs> <laughs> man. You got help. You know? I, I, I know, but I, you know I like to save my guys. I like to get the, the first sure. one out the way. Um, I'm going to say it's either got to be the Knicks or the Pacers. Oh, or Detroit. I'm going to say the Detroit. Is that your final answer? That's my final answer. All right. Is it Detroit? 
Oh, my God. Oh, no. Nicks in oh. 1993 of the East Semis and in the 1998 East Finals. Come on, The, the Indiana Pacers. Yes. I, I said it. I, <laughs> I said it out loud. Oh, man. Both and then the them. Pistons came in and stole your heart. Because it was the years that they won the titles. That's where it was in those six years. Uh, but only twice in those six years they were taken to seven games. Failed. That was terrible. All right. Name two of the three teams that Scottie Pippen played for in his NBA career. Portland and the Bulls. Show me Portland. Show me the Bulls. There it is. And you know the other one? Um, What is it? Miami to Heat? The Rockets. The Rockets, yeah. Houston Rockets. Yes. Balls. That was – this is a very Bulls-themed sort of I'm game so today. dejected that I missed that first one, man. <laughs> oh, the, the, I was going to say the old – name two of three jersey numbers Michael Jordan wore, you know, during his time with the right, Bulls. Right, So you would say 23. And, and 45. Yeah, 45, yeah. And then there was the game where – his jersey was stolen. Or was it 22 or something like 12. that? 12. Yeah, number yes, 12. 12. All right. Name three of the four teams that Luke Longley played for in his NBA career. He was a member of that Bulls 98 team that will be featured. You said two of the four? Three, of, three of, the of the four. four. Three of the four teams that Luke Longley played for in his career. The Bulls. Okay. Uh, I'm going to enlist the help of my guy, Gavin. Gavin is actually a Luke Longley aficionado. Yeah, you so. <laughs> you could call me that. Um, that's a good question. Oh so we God. got the Bulls Jesus down. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. Oh. Bear cupboards over here, man. <laughs> Luke Longley's career probably ended in the oh my God. early 2000s, about when I was watching the Lakers, and that's about it. Mm. So. Okay, so no help from him. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to say the Bulls. I'm going to say uh, I really don't know, man. I, I wasn't a big this, Luke Long. I, yeah, I this never was really the stumper. followed him. This was the stumper. Some are easier than others, and I'll try to put like one tough one in there. This was the tough one. Yeah, because who is talking about Luke <laughs> Longley? Hey, if you collected NBA hoops trading cards – you definitely know one of the teams. I, yeah, the Bulls. Other than that, they're not making the card for Luke Longley. <laughs> no. Oh, his rookie card was was uh, very popular. All right. Well, okay. Let, wait. 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 Okay. Let me let me just guess then. Yeah. Just give me two teams. I'm gonna say the Sonics and uh, the. the I would guess the Bucks because Dan always throws in the, his own the team. The Bucks. Okay. Okay. Sam, show me Bulls. All right. Is it Sonics? Oh, fudge. Is it the Bucks? No. Drafted by the Minnesota Timberwolves. No one knows Luke that. Longley, no who one had his knows that. rookie card, then went to the Bulls, finished his career with stints with the Suns and New York Knicks. No one knows that. You have an opportunity to get back to respectability. This is awful. That's next here. Easy from Salam. I'm Dan Beyer. It's all coming up here on Fox Sports Sunday. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Fox Sports Sunday. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800 947 Auto. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier with a score of three right now. Ephraim's about to wrap up today's game of easy as one, two, three, four. Centered on the Chicago Bulls as the uh, Bulls documentary uh, airs tonight or starts to air tonight with the first two installments of 10. 10 hour documentary. Usually it'd be like, uh, no thanks, but hey, spreading it out as much as they are. All right, sign me up. Ephraim, are you ready for your final question? Oh, my God, yes. You've used Gavin already, so you have Sam and David Gascon. Did I actually use Gavin? I mean, (laughs) you asked me a question I didn't know. I mean, he was here, but I don't know if I used him. It was difficult. It was a Luke Longley question. Give me something within the last 20 years. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is going to be tough when it's dealing with the 98 Bulls. But, hey, I think Ephraim's good here. Name four of the five, Ephraim, different teams that Jordan and the Bulls beat in the NBA Finals. Um... I'm going to say the Jazz twice. Does that okay. count? That's one That's one team. Well, okay. Yeah. Okay. The Jazz. I'm going to say uh, they beat the Lakers. They beat the Sonics. And they beat uh, Portland. Okay. Are those your final answers? Yes. All right. Show me the Jazz. Show me the Lakers. Show me the Sonics. 
and show me the Blazers. Ending strong with a score of seven today. You got four of those. Do you know who the one that you left out? Who? Wait. Um, I almost it, said it to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was uh, – man, I cannot – no, what is it? Phoenix Suns. Phoenix, yes. Yeah, 1993. Barkley. Absolutely. Barkley. Yes. I, when looking back, and I, I was a big – I liked the Trailblazers when I was a kid too. I was – I like Terry Porter and Clyde Drexler and those teams. That was a great that team. team. Yeah, they they were, and they kind of get lost in the shuffle of, like, were they really a contender? And they were up in, in game six and in that series where the Bulls ended up coming back and then closing it out and winning it. But of those championships, what was the team that you felt had the, the, the best chance to knock off the Bulls? I would probably say – it was the Jazz. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I think that's most people's. Yeah, yeah. I, it was the Jazz. Well, you know, you got two prolific Hall of Famers. Tremendous <laughs> coach, right? Like, I mean, why? Why? I mean, was it a push-off? Wasn't it? I don't know. I, you know, I, Brian Russell is a well, good friend of mine, and we've argued that he put he pushed him off on that final shot, you know? You know yeah, I think I think that Phoenix, you know, was a team with Barkley. That was his MVP season. Uh, was one that you thought maybe, but realistically, when you think you're like, okay, it's gonna, it's gonna take two guys to take him down. Yes, yeah. And and, and, and while Sean Kemp and Gary Payton were 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 a great duo, you're like, okay, well, this is Stockton and Malone. And it seemed like maybe that they had figured it out, and then to have like the to have two chances at them, and then them unable to get it done they blew it too man yeah there were there and you you gotta remember i was pulling for every single one of those teams that we named because (laughs) i I hated the bulls so did i i i could not stand them i was oh it was it was of them winning i just oh it's it's it it was awful and you waited for somebody. I I cheered for the Knicks. I cheered for the Pacers, as you mentioned. When you get to the everybody, NBA finals, you're cheering for anybody. It was kind of like how I felt with the Patriots. I'm yes. just not wanting them to go to the Super Bowl. I'm just like somebody just knock off these Bulls, and then it it never happened. <laughs> and, and, but no, I would agree. Like the Jazz team, you know that Lakers team. I know they were your team, but I had wondered how much they had lost they, from what. Yeah. You know, like yeah. them making the finals that year, I think was a bit of a surprise because if you remember, Portland made it the year before when they ended up losing to the Pistons, mm-hmm. but they make that run. What was Mike Dunleavy? Wasn't he coaching, uh, you know, or, at that time? And yeah, we did Vladi Divac, you know, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was there that Lakers team wasn't maybe as strong as, as, as the other Lakers teams that had been to the finals, that's for sure. Giddy from on Twitter, at Ephraim Salam. I'm at Dan Bayer on Fox. If you ever missed the show, just go to foxsportsradio.com and click on podcast. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Has the future of the NBA and college hoops changed? We'll talk about that next here on Fox. We are coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Many tonight will be looking back, reminiscing about the times when Michael Jordan and the Bulls were going for their sixth championship and watching the Bulls documentary. Now on Fox Sports Sunday, we look forward because there was an interesting news item that occurred in 
And Ephraim, I'd love to say the NBA. I'd love to say high school basketball. I'd love to say college basketball. I think it covers all of them and more with the news that Jalen Green, one of the top high school projects uh, in the entire country, or prospects, excuse me, in the entire country, announced that he is going to be foregoing college, but he is going to be joining a G League team that is yet to be formed in Los Angeles. But in turning to this G League team, will end up getting uh, about uh, or somewhere in the neighborhoods of over a million dollars for his salary, uh, for his schoolwork, for the appearances, everything that comes with it, a package of more than a million dollars going to one of the top high school hoopsters in the country. And when you see this on the surface, you're like, wow, is this going to change the game when it comes to the future of how we look at uh, young talent entering the professional ranks? Were you surprised or were you taken aback at all by this news of this deal uh, of Jalen Green going to the G League instead of college? No, I, I think it's I think it's great. I, I think it's awesome. Uh, number one, uh, it uh, allows this young man who has the talent to, you know, become a professional, make some money. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, it allows him to stay in the country. A lot of kids who decided to go play pro out of high school and not at for a year instead of going to college for three months, they would have to go overseas and play. But what this does with the G League, it allows them to be in an NBA system, NBA rules, NBA coaches, right? And so now you can really grow and mature as a player and not have that gap that a lot of kids coming out of the, those one and duns coming out of college. Yeah. Right. Coming into zone defense. You know, you can't play zone. Got to do this illegal defense. So you get to learn that while you're getting paid, sharpening your skills for one year and then could potentially become the first pick in the draft next year. I love I, it. I, I think it's I, I think it's I think it's great to have that sort of option. But if I'm a college basketball fan. I'm not necessarily worried in the least. Like, it, and that's, and I don't know if it's sitting on the fence, Ephraim. I just don't, I don't think that this is, I don't think, I think that this is, this is unique. I think because it's the first time that we're really seeing something like this happen. So maybe this is a point where we mark on our timeline of being like, all right, you know, 2020 high school prospect says I'm not going to go to college, staying in the States, playing the G League, you know, get, you know, more than a million dollars worth of, you know, everything that comes in with the package. But I just, I don't think that this is a case where people say, well, that's it for college hoops. College hoops is done because not everybody is a top prospect like Jalen Green. And not everybody can go in and make a million dollars. And that's what I think is important about this is that number comes out because it's a million. And you're like, oh, my goodness. And these college kids are going to school. They're not getting paid a dime. They can't make money off their likeness and all this. And you have that same argument. But to me, it's completely separate. There aren't other kids that are going to be maybe the top player each year in high school hoops will have that ability to if they don't want to go to college, has that option of, hey, maybe I'll just go make a million dollars somewhere and that will help me, you, you know, progress uh, towards my goal of playing in the NBA. But I also, I, I just, I don't, I don't think that this changes. I don't think that this is the, the groundswell of, of changing college basketball because, again, this is such a, when it's such a, an item that affects so few players. You know what I mean? 
Like, does that does that make like there's only going to be one Jalen Green, where there's going to be tons of other kids who are going to go to college and end up maybe wanting to be a first round pick in the NBA, but wouldn't necessarily be there until a couple of years of schooling or playing at at Kentucky or Duke or North Carolina or wherever. Where maybe guess what? You go there, you play a couple of years under John Calipari, you know, in Lexington, and then you could leave after a sophomore year. I still think that those guys are going to be there. It's just the fact that you know you may get a top guy who is not going to college anymore that's the only change that that i really see to college basketball i don't think it's going to be the end all by any means and when you really look at it you take a young man who is you know tops in the nation in in basketball and you give him a million dollars to develop right think about that he gets a million dollars to work on his game and develop and have an opportunity to be uh, a, a big time lottery pick. How I mean, how do how can that not be the trend? Right? Does well, Zion? If this was last year, does Zion go to Duke? Now that might change because a lot of these guys want to play in college together. But what's to stop them from all going into the G League together? I just think that for 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 you know for someone like Zion, maybe it's different because of the amount of money that he would make. But I also think that Zion benefited from being a player at Duke. And even though there was a lot of hype of Zion being Zion from social media and the dunks you would see on Instagram and in Twitter that he did in high school, it really helped his profile to go to Duke and play on that level where then Duke was must-see TV. And that's what I don't know. Like with Jalen Green going to the G League, I don't know how many people are going to go and say, I want to. I want to go and in, in in tune in and, and watch Jalen Green. Nobody, play. nobody's going to yeah. watch. And I and I and I'll argue that Zion didn't need to go to Duke, right? To 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 you know, Duke needed Zion to go there. Zion really? didn't, Zion didn't need to go to Duke. Zion in this era now, and this is this is okay. This, I'm this is post. This. this is post our era, right? Yeah, I'm I'm curious. In this era, this kid had over a million some odd followers on Instagram without Duke, without college, or any of that. If there was no one and done, he would have been the first pick in the NBA draft out of high school. Mm-hmm. So you take a kid with that acumen, that notoriety, that fanfare, and you can, you can place him anywhere in the world. You, he could have went to uh, Miami, Ohio. They would have been on every week on, on national television, right? He could have went to San Diego State. They would Clemson. have been on right he anywhere. Could have stayed at Clemson, South Carolina. He could have yep. went anywhere, right? Duke I, Duke didn't make Zion, right? Duke was going to be Duke, right? But yeah, Duke but is Duke. Duke is Duke. Yeah. It, it is what it is. But Zion didn't need that because he already had the notoriety. He already had the cachet. People wanted to see him no matter where he was. So if you take Zion and you take him to the the G League last year instead of Duke, that just raises the profile of the G League. Now G League games, which never come on television, right? Never. Correct. You got to go to YouTube or wherever they're showing, maybe with the NBA TV or something like that, but they're not – now you start to get those type of games on a Saturday afternoon on Fox or CBS or NBC or ESPN or whatever because so, of what he brought to that. 
I, I, listen, I, I disagree with you in that, that, that Zion didn't need Duke because Duke is such a brand no, in college no, basketball. No, 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 it's, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it, it, it like Look, Ben Duke Simmons is went to Tennessee. Duke is, Duke is ben than Simmons, Zion. Ben Simmons went to Tennessee. They didn't no, win anything. Yeah, no, I mean LSU. LSU excuse me. LSU. They went yeah. to LSU. They didn't win anything. Correct. Right. Still the number one pick in the draft. I mean, he was the top player in the nation. He went to a team because of a friend of a cousin, uncle, whoever was coaching, whatever. It didn't even resonate. It didn't stop him from being the first pick in the draft. It did not. Right. But I... So what I'm saying is Zion was going to be the first pick in the draft, whether he played at Duke or not. Possibly. Remember Possibly. R- R.J. R- Barrett was R.J. Barrett was the highest rated recruit in that class. What wasn't, as crazy it, as it, it was. It, it really didn't matter. I, I promise you, it really didn't matter. It really didn't matter. If you would, if you tracked in, in the, the thing that ESPN had been doing, they've been showing all the McDonald's, all, all American games and all of the, all of the things that these kids uh, go through leading up into their, their college uh, careers. It, it was, it, it was unbelievable. Right. And what happens? He gets right into the league and he's doing exactly the same thing he was doing in college. So my, my thing to you is RJ Barrett. Yeah. We haven't even seen R.J. Barrett play in the NBA, right? The Knicks not on, have have. Let me ask you this, right? Well, let me well, ask you this. Let me okay, ask you this. Wait one second. Give me three different. You know, I, just let me so, give, give me a right. second. Give me a second. You said, and you're right. R.J. Barrett was the number one recruit in that class, right? He was mm-hmm. the he was the top of the food chain. Yeah, I think Zion was two or three or you yeah. know whatever. How many times? They're both in the NBA now. How many times were the Pelicans scheduled for primetime television games, and how many times were the Knicks scheduled for that? Tons to uh, barely any, if any. That is the Zion Williams effect, not the Duke effect. They both went to Duke. They both played well at Duke. Matter of fact, R.J. Barrett had the ball in his hands at the end of the games at Duke. But both of these kids have gone to the NBA, one in a small, tiny mar- market. They play at the Smoothie King Center, right, in New Orleans, yes. and the other one at MSG, Madison sure. Square Garden, the biggest number one media market on the planet. Nobody's seen them play. Tell me I, how Duke needed Zion, or, 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 or Zion, uh, Zion needed Zion Duke. Needed Duke. Tell me I, how. I just – I think in, in – the what what helped Zion and, I, and and maybe maybe needed isn't the right sort well that's of term. what you said but it was it well no it was you said that that Duke needed Zion and that Zion didn't need Duke and I actually think it was a two way street I think they both needed each other I think if Zion goes to maybe a program let's say he stays in state and goes to Clemson maybe Clemson you know is a team that is drawing eyeballs because Zion's on that team and maybe we're tuning in more because Clemson's on you know ESPN a little bit more and we're saying oh we want to see this guy but you put those two forces together and I think it made what was so unique about college basketball in that season last season a year ago was that it was the only story. And so I think they both helped out each other. Duke is still Duke and Zion is still Zion. There just aren't many Zions to come along in the NBA. Jalen Green, no no offense to him, he's not Zion. No, you know? he's so, not. But that so kid got that kid got skills, man. That kid yeah. have you have you seen him play? I have not. Oh, he can oh well so, come on, man. What? 
I, I'm, that I'm just, kid I'm not can a play. huge high school hoop, sir. So. He can, he can, and that's the difference, right? So you're you're from my era, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's where I mean, I, I grew up, and you know, I was playing against the Jason Kids and the Jacques Vons and all of these guys, and the only way you could see them is being in tournaments with them and all of that. As big a buzz as Jason Kidd had coming out of high school, nobody on the East Coast, you know, really saw him. This is pre-AAU where mm-hmm. they was traveling all over the world and doing all of this and all of that. But he was a phenomenal player, right? Now that has completely changed. These kids, these kids from these small towns and playing. Look at um the kid, the point guard for 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 um. For Georgia, I mean, uh, uh, excuse me, Georgetown, McClune. Okay. Right? You want to talk about internet sensation, we got an average height white point guard who can jump through the roof of the gym. Internet sensation. Right? Mm -hmm. Internet sensation. Kid can flat out play. Without social media and that buzz, he doesn't even get to Georgetown. Right? Like sure. so so what so I'm he, saying is these kids are so good so early, they're building the fan base without any colleges, without any of that. So wherever they go, that fan base goes with them. This is a new era, a new generation. Everything is social media based. And you can make or break yourself on social media. We used to have to go buy mixtapes. They used to be mixtapes, like the N one mixtape. You had sure. to go go to the corner, and little JoJo and them would have the mixtape. You had five dollars for the VHS. You know what I mean? Now they're doing mixtapes online, like uh, Ball is Life, uh, Bleach Report. All those type of sites are exposing these kids to broader and broader audiences because of their abilities in high school. So now colleges are clamoring for these kids because they know that they bring that with them. I I, I think that it's an added aspect to it. I think that may, the, the popularity is the added aspect to it. I just don't know how a single player's name, outside of the once-in-a-generation one-name guys, Zion, LeBron, guys like that, that are going to overshadow and take over a brand of Duke. Kentucky in North Carolina in like I think college basketball is going to be fine and I think it's great for guys like that that like a Jalen Green or a Zion if they're like you know what college isn't my deal you know like I just you know or I'd rather just get a million bucks in my pocket right now and and take that opportunity I just don't think you're going to see the end of college basketball with 30 kids going to the G League. I just no, don't, especially yeah, with the coaching. First of all, that wouldn't college, that wouldn't even know? be the end of college basketball. No, it wouldn't. Right? <laughs> yeah. But I will tell you this. If you can tell a kid, hey, and, you know, we can give you up to 500 to a million dollars to work on your craft and do this, set your family up, get yourself ready to go into the NBA next year, who's turning that down? Who's turning that down? <laughs> to go sit in economics and, and women's studies? Not and that's that's the other important thing about it is not every player is going to get the amount of money that Jalen Green. Got. You're right. He was so, up at the higher end, but yeah. you think think about this: two hundred grand to an eighteen year old for seven months of work before you go to the draft. Two hundred thousand dollars. Sure. One hundred and fifty thousand dollars. 
But if there are guys that all of a sudden end up failing or aren't drafted or don't go as high as maybe they would have. What's the difference between that and going to college? You can stay there four years and not get drafted. Hey, some schools pay more than $200,000. Ah, that's true. (laughs) Easy from Salam. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Get Ephraim on Twitter at Ephraim Salam. I'm at Dan Beyer on Fox. All right, the NFL draft is this week. But how well do you know the NFL that was? We put Ephraim and Gavin to the test next year on Fox Sports Sunday. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Fox Sports Sunday. He's from Salam. I'm Dan Beyer. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. Fortunately, Geico makes it easy to bundle your home and auto insurance. It's a good thing, too, because having a home is hard work. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. Geico.com. Easy. Things have not been easy for the executive producer of the show. As of late, Gavin Kinzel. Nine and nine in our picking NFL games. Mm. Now, Ephraim, you weren't here last week, so your record also remains at 500. Are you ready to go in our look back at the NFL season where you and Gavin predict games that already played? You ready to do this? Let's do it. All right. This is basically it. I give the guys matchups, tell them what the opening line point spread was 
of that matchup. Now, the game's already been played. These guys place their bets, if you will, make picks on who they think's going to win, and then we just find out if they are right. But again, the whole point of this is to show what I think is really how difficult it is to pick in the NFL, and even when the games are over with, it's still difficult. <laughs> are you ready to go? Let's strike up the band. Six games on the schedule for Ephraim and Gavin to pick. We start out as these games take place in week four of the NFL season. The Texans are home to the Panthers. Houston is a four-point favorite. Ephraim, who are you picking, Carolina or Houston? I'm taking Houston. You like Houston in this one? Yep. Gavin, who are you taking? I'll take Carolina. You like Carolina? Well, Gavin, I've got good news for you. You're yep. officially over 500. There we go. Not only did the Panthers cover, they won this game. So, Gavin, yes, Gavin is up. Kyle Allen, to baby. 16-10 to 10 was that mm. final score. Mm. So, the Panthers the under as well. not only won that game, uh, covered that game, they also won the game on the road. All right, Gavin, you are first up here when the Redskins go to MetLife Stadium to face the Giants. Giants are three-point favorites. Let's go with the Giants at home. All right. Ephraim, who do you like? This is week four, right? Yep. Giants three-point favorite over the Washington Redskins. I'm taking uh, the Giants. Giants, easy. 24-3. They get the win. They cover. You guys both pick up victories there. That was also, I believe, the first game that Saquon Barkley missed because of his uh, ankle injury. So, I think Daniel Jones took over in week three, but Saquon was out. Giants didn't need him. They rolled the victory. All right. This is an opportunity for Gavin to go 3-0, and but we'll start with Ephraim. Chargers go to Miami to face the Dolphins. Bolts opened up as a 17-point favorite against Miami. Ephraim, who are you taking? I'm taking uh, Miami. Yeah, I'm going to go Miami as well. <laughs> Gavin's favorite team is the Chargers. The Chargers won this game 30-10 to and covered. So, yes, oh, you both got that one wrong. 17-point favorites. Chargers still were able to cover against the Dolphins. That I, may tell you what the Chargers' yeah. season was like. I, I think I'm so used to them going to Miami and having a tough time. But, uh, no, I do remember that now. Okay, yeah, 30-10 to was the final. Also in Week 4, the Lions were home to the Chiefs. Kansas City, a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Gavin, your pick is up first. Let's go with the Lions. You like the Lions in this one, Ephraim? Yeah. I'm taking the Chiefs. You like the Chiefs? Chiefs won this one 34-30, but the Lions covered. Yes, the four-point spread allows the Lions to get the win. Ephraim, one and three. <laughs> Gavin, three and one so far. Terrible. But again, the only one that he missed was his own favorite team. <laughs> Seahawks go to Arizona to face Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. Seahawks are four-point favorites. Ephraim, you're up first. I'm taking Cardinals. I'll go Seahawks. Seahawks roll 27 yeah. to 10 and cover. Man, Gavin's on fire four <laughs> one. He's bet, he he actually bet on all these games. I know, and and I, and I watched every play of the Charger game and lost that one. Oh oh man! All right, final one for our week. Four look back. Man, this is Gavin's best week. He could have By a stellar 5-1. and one. Ephraim, a win here would pull you to somewhat respectability. Vikings at the Bears. Bears are two-and-a-half-point favorites. Who do you guys like in this one? Gavin, you're first. I'll go Minnesota. I'm going Bears. 
The Bears won 16 to 6, covering mm. that point spread. Gavin, you go 4 and 2. Ethan Suck picks it. up take a it. late win. Hey, I'll at take two that. And four. <laughs> That's a winning week, guys. Oh, uh, Gavin is above 500 for the first time. Man, those I thought I was this is, you know, we look back at when teams kind of take their turn and we have a lot of Panthers games because you're trying to figure if Kyle Allen is is in there or not. The thing that I find funny about all of this is like the Dolphins or the Cardinals. You know that they played good football sometimes. You just you realize that it wasn't every single week. So you want to believe you're like, you know what? They weren't that bad. They kind of got competitive at some point. You just have to find the you weeks. You just that don't know up. when it was. Yeah, <laughs> you don't. And the Minnesota Vikings, yeah, just going to Chicago and uh, laying that stinker. Oh, yeah. There were no Jets games uh, in this schedule. However, we will talk about the New York Jets, who need an influx of talent with the NFL draft on the horizon. We'll talk that and so much more coming up next. But first, let's go to David Gascon, who gives us the latest of what's happening on this Sunday. Guys, Ken Rosenthal first opened things up with Commissioner Rob Manfred. He'll suspend uniform employee contracts effective on May the 1st, enabling teams to furlough employees or reduce their pay. Meanwhile, switching gears, the Guardian is reporting the PGA Tour hopes to receive up to 1 million coronavirus test kits to help facilitate the completion of its season. In the National Football League, Leonard Fournette could be on the move. He's owed $4.1 million for this upcoming season. And ESPN's Adam Schefter reporting the Jaguars are open to discussions on trading him. They've talked to several teams. Schefter also reporting the Browns have not discussed any option right now of trading Odell Beckham Jr. College football scene, former UConn safety Tyler Coyle is going to Purdue. Former Texas A&M redshirt senior Rashad Pauls transferring to Arkansas State. And the NBA, the Nuggets, are planning to promote assistant general manager Calvin Booth as he's going to go up to general manager. That's according to The Athletic. Guys, back to you. Appreciate it, Dave. It is Fox Sports Sunday. He's from Salam. I'm Dan Bayer. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. One of the surprising things I think that people forget when we're talking about teams that maybe weren't as bad as we thought they were, New York Jets were 7-9 and nine last season. You know, so much of the Adam Gase and the drama that that ended up taking over the New York Jets, they had some good wins. They beat the Cowboys at home. Ended up the uh, beating Pittsburgh late in the season. Same with the uh, the Buffalo Bills in a in in a late season game. So you've got the you know you've got a Jets team that is trying to break through with a franchise quarterback of Sam Darnold, but. You also have a lot of holes to fill. you got guys that may be on the trading block, so a lot of answers with the New York Jets who pick 11. But from the point being is maybe the Jets weren't as bad as some people felt they were a year ago. It just felt like it. Yeah, it right? did. It started I, I, off 0-4. It, it, yeah. it felt like it. And then, you know, whatever momentum they had, it just, you know, it wasn't consistent enough. And um, they got to figure out what they want to do with safety. I, I mean, if Adams, if they can't come to a, a, an agreement – um you know, their best player, mm-hmm. then they're going to have to try, they're probably going to try to move them this week and, and, and see what they can get. It's, uh, it, it's the other New York team, the Giants are the team that looks to possibly do the wheeling and dealing because the simple fact that they're sitting there at fourth, you know, fourth overall. See what the Jets do. Let's check in now. He covers the New York Jets for Sports <laughs> Illustrated. You can find him on Twitter at Christian R. Dyer. Christian Dyer joins us here on Fox Sports Radio. Hey, Christian, how are you? 
Happy Sunday, the calm before the storm. Oh my goodness, it, and it's it's fast approaching. I just mentioned that uh, we you know we hear Dave Gettleman talking about the Giants and saying that they they moved down. More of the Jets talk doesn't seem to be about their draft pick. It seems to be about the possibility of Jamal Adams being dealt. <laughs> what's the what's what's the likelihood? What's the latest that we could see something done maybe by Thursday? Yeah, a really fascinating dynamic going on here with the Jets. Uh, at the NFL, well, I guess we probably should rewind first to the trading deadline uh, in October of 2019 when uh, the Jets were reportedly fielding interest from the Dallas Cowboys who wanted to make a move for Jamal Adams, who's from Texas. And, you know, really only the, the biggest star that the Jets have on either side of the ball. He was an all-pro selection last year, twice a Pro Bowl pick uh, in his three years in the NFL. He was dominant for about a month there in November where he willed the Jets, uh, who had an absolutely horrendous start to the year at 1-7, and seven, to pretty much a 7-9 and nine finish on the back of his ability not only in coverage, but also the way that they were able to use him off the edge rushing the quarterback. And at the end of the day, Adams had some feelings that were hurt at the fact that the Jets were willing to do due diligence and listen to the offers of the Cowboys. They were able to smooth that over at the end of the season, uh, Jamal Adams said that he liked the direction the Jets were going in their 7-9 and nine finish, 6-2 and two over their final eight games. He felt good about the rebuild, and that was kind of exciting heading off to the Pro Bowl that uh, Jamal Adams was going to be chirping about the right things with the Jets. And now all of a sudden, uh, you know, the NFL Combine happens. Joe Douglas says he wants Jamal Adams to be a Jet for life, sign a long-term deal. But now all of a sudden, the deal isn't moving fast enough for Adams, who has always uh, been one to let his feelings be known on social media, uh, perhaps a little bit too much for the Jets' organization's liking. And now with his lack of participation in any type of off-season or claims that he's not going to participate in any type of off-season activities uh, in this virtual NFL that we're living in these days, it could really ruffle some plans with the Jets. I mean, he was a building block for this team. I know Adam Gase, the, the Jets head coach, has said that only a quarterback is a building block. But when you're only all-pro and only Pro Bowl selection uh, potentially uh, could want out from the organization, it's not the way you want to start draft week. And what does that say to the team, His, his, you know, the, the other players on that team or anyone who's coming into the Jets organization to where you have a player, he's done everything you've asked, exceeded everyone's expectations, uh-huh. actually helped you win these games, and you don't want to show any loyalty to him or have a problem with keeping him part of the organization. Yeah, and especially when the Jets had the type of start to the season that they did, and there was talk that the head coach might be moved in his first season with the Jets after week eight or week nine. Now, those rumors were unfounded and probably a bit premature, but there always seems to be a little bit swirling around the Jets, uh, a, a little bit of unsatisfaction, uh, I think always kind of pursuing and going after the next best thing. Uh, but we've got to keep in mind here that Adams is set to enter the fourth year of his fifth-year contract. The Jets could conceivably franchise tag him one if not two years to keep him within the organization long-term Adams would still be getting paid maybe not the 17 or 18 million dollars that he's looking for but he would still be getting a pretty good payday for those two years if he was on a franchise tag so at the end of the day I think the Jets are also looking at the fact that Adams well he may be the team's biggest star he's a fan favorite he's their only Pro Bowl selection Uh, he still nevertheless is a safety and when you look at pressing needs that this team has at left tackle going into the draft, 
wide receiver, edge rusher, uh, and potentially maybe even running back next year, depending on what they do with Le'Veon Bell when he could come off the books for a lesser salary cap hit. Jamal Adams at safety may not necessarily be the pressing need that, that the Jets have right now in being able to clear some space and get some assets towards his rebuild. Keep in mind, guys, this is a Jets team that has done a very, very poor job of drafting over the past five years. They may look at that first-round pick as being more valuable than their all-pro safety. Christian Dyer joining us here on Fox Sports Radio, covering the Jets for Sports Illustrated. You can find him on Twitter at Christian R. Dyer. I'm Dan Beyer. He's from Salam. This is Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. So then what is the urgency? I mean, you mentioned wide receiver. They did sign Rashad Perham in this offseason, letting Robbie Anderson go. I mean, is, is, is the window closing in terms of, or is there an urgency? That's probably the better term of being like, We've got to make this work for Sam Darnold now. Is that the message coming out of Jets camp, or, or what are we hearing? Dan, I've been covering the Jets since 2008. The window's always closing on the Jets. <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> this, enough, is an, this is an organization, and, that, and you know, that was a little bit of a galata, and I apologize. That, that, that was a below-the-belt shot at, at, at the organization, and, and it is a good organization. and It's an ownership group that desperately wants to win, and I think that's what makes some of this difficult, is that the fans have, have embraced uh, Jamal Adams, and then you're looking and saying, well, we may need to make some moves and make some uh, you know, difficult decisions to be able to protect our franchise quarterback, Sam Darnold. You look at the progress that Sam Darnold made uh, last year, and I know that there's kind of the jokes about Mono and missing between weeks two to week four because of the diagnosis uh, of the kissing disease. And, you know, that, that again is kind of same old Jets. It, it just feeds into the narrative that this organization sometimes has a difficult time getting out of their own way. But the one selling point they have is Darnold. He, he, he had an uptick between his rookie year to his second year, even with the mono, even playing behind the worst offensive line or the second worst offensive line in the league in passing yards, his touchdown to interception ratio improved, his completion percentage improved. So there's a lot of pieces there that you can look at and say, uh, despite being on an offense without true playmakers, the number of injuries that they have, that the Jets are only returning one starter on their offensive line who started week one last year. Uh, that says a lot to what Sam Darnold had to overcome. And, and I think that if Adam Gase had his way, he would be building this team and trying to do everything he could to maximize this young quarterback, Sam Darnold, who is entering his third year in the league and might begin to wonder if this is a winning and viable situation with the Jets because through two years, he's taken a lot of shots, a lot of big hits. And so what do they do if they do – uh, hold on to that uh, first-round draft pick. Where do they address uh, the team's needs with that pick? Well, I, I actually love the idea of the Jets potentially moving back in the first round if a team like Dallas or potentially the Philadelphia Eagles, or there could be a number of teams who might want to move up to that number 11 slot. You know, number 11 is kind of an interesting position uh, in the draft, kind of the crossroads between those top 10 picks and then that next level where maybe someone's falling and the Jets would be able to trade back. I think Josh Jones from Houston, uh, the left tackle, the only four-year starter at left tackle in the entire draft, very underrated, has a tremendous senior bowl. I think he could be the one who could solidify this offensive line rebuild that general manager Joe Douglas has done. They brought in five offensive linemen, one re-signed, multiple guards. They have a right tackle on George Fan, who they brought in from the Seattle Seahawks, but they didn't address left tackle. 
if Andrew Thomas from Georgia were to fall at number 11, I think the Jets would be enthralled with that idea. I also think the whole situation with Makai Becton right now going on with the diluted drug test and the, and the flag samples and, and everything else uh, really kind of makes it a very interesting scenario where maybe not a Laramie Tunsil situation, but Becton, who is going to be probably number four, number five in the draft, no later than six, could tumble to the Jets at 11 and either set up a scenario where the Jets get the most athletic left tackle to come out uh, in the past decade or potentially be able to move uh, back in the draft for a team who craves Beckton. Beckton made a lot of waves at the NFL Combine. The Jets at 11 might be able to capitalize on that. I'm going to wrap up with this. Christian Dyer, Sports Illustrated, joining us. And Christian, if you can't answer the question, it's completely fine. But we are—we're all across the country. We're Fox Sports Radio. The answer is Tim Tebow. The, the huh. answer is Tim Tebow. With with this situation with the coronavirus, obviously New York has been the hotbed for it. Has there been discussions? Because the NFL says, look, if if one of the offices isn't allowed to be open, none of the offices are allowed to be open. What is the likelihood that the NFL goes on as planned this summer with the start of training camp and whatnot from what you've been around in New York? You know what? I'm not a league insider, but but I think at this point everything is moving and trending towards uh, the NFL being such a big business and the television revenue alone. Uh, speaking with people uh, within the league and, and, and affiliated with different teams in the league, if no one showed up and there was no paid attendance, the NFL would be perfectly fine. Would still be swimming in television money and sure. advertising revenue. And as a matter of fact, TV ratings would be through the roof because the people inside the stadiums, you know, sixty thousand, seventy thousand at sixteen venues uh, across the league every week, would would actually be adding to to those numbers and those ratings numbers. So at the end of the day. Uh, you know, I don't think that anything's going to change moving forward. We may see an accelerated timeline to shorten preseason. All that's going to hurt the draft, and I think all that's going to really put an emphasis on combine players, players who teams are familiar with. They've been able to test. They've been able to see up close. Uh, it's going to be a very unusual offseason, and it's going to be, not even be like the ones when we've had the lockouts here. I think it's going to be far more accelerated and topsy-turvy than that. He's Christian Dyer covering the Jets for Sports Illustrated. Find him on Twitter at Christian R. Dyer, and that's Christian with a K. Appreciate it, Christian. Be safe out there. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, brother. Take, take care. Thanks, guys. Easy from Salam. I'm Dan Bayer. This is Fox Sports Sunday coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. We'll tell you something that Michael Jordan has that I'm not sure LeBron James does. We'll tell you about it next year on Fox Sports Sunday. Fox Sports Sunday, Heezy from Salam. I'm Dan Bayer. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. You can always reach E from on Twitter, at E from Salam. I'm at Dan Bayer on Fox. A lot of good information. Thank our guest today, Christian Dyer, just joined us talking some uh, Jets action. We also had Nora Princiati of the Boston Globe talking to little Patriots, talking virtual offseason, and Adam Kaplan, who we hear from every week as our NFL insider here on Fox Sports Radio. Ephraim, I tease the segment by saying that Michael Jordan has something that LeBron James doesn't. And again, it's not a debate of, of LeBron against Michael. And in fact, I think there are very few athletes that have this. And I and I'm I, I think that I think that Tiger Woods might have this. But even in the NBA and the in the history of the NBA, it's hard to it's hard to figure this out. But I think with Michael Jordan, he's got this over LeBron and, and any other NBA player. And that's two moments that are ingrained in people's minds as being their moment. And one's the one you referred to earlier in the show, the jumper over Brian Russell 
in Game 6 that will be, I'm sure, talked about in this documentary that airs tonight. But I also find it unique because Jordan's career, while it was there was the 63-point game that he had against the Celtics that was, I think it was really of like the here am I sort of thing and they lost that series. It's the jumper over Craig Elo and the Cavaliers in Game 5 that mm. so many of us know of. And, you know, I look back at LeBron's career, and mind you, this is not meant to be a slight. I think the lasting image from LeBron's NBA career will be his block on Iguodala when they beat the Warriors, the Cavs did, in the 2016 NBA Finals, of just that moment of him in the biggest moment with the biggest plays. Michael Jordan has two of them. And I find it so intriguing because Jordan's career ended with the Wizards and it started out early with the Bulls and there was a foot injury. And you could even throw his jumper for North Carolina in 1982. But to have those moments, to have iconic moments that any any top-level Hall of Fame athlete that would love to just have one of those, Jordan's got two in the NBA and maybe three in his entire career if you take the college shot. That is so like that is so rare among rares that I think just sheds more light on his greatness. Well, don't forget the flu game or the food poison game. Uh, it, 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 there is a myriad of of of, of things in in, shrug, in, in moments, you know? yeah, right? The, the, yeah. Against Portland, the, yeah. the seven, the six threes with the shrug. It's just not those two moments you 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 mentioned. It's it, Michael Jordan built a whole career on those moments, right? Like coming back from retirement, wearing forty-five and scoring fifty-five in the Garden. You, you, you know what I mean? Like it's a, it's a history of these moments that Michael Jordan has, has created and accumulated that no other player has been able to, 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 to do. So when you have that argument about, you know, about LeBron and who's the best and Jordan and to me, it's it's not even a matter of, of opinion, right? Like the fact that Michael Jordan didn't allow some of the greatest basketball players on the planet Earth to win a championship because he didn't want them to <laughs> says everything you need to know about his greatness. Period. Well, I just, I, I just, I think you know the the Elo image is one that I mean, how many times is a first round NBA highlight? considered on a you know i mean that's but the image of him you know just basically hanging in the air over elo and then the fist you know bumps after that that's something that we all as nba fans realize and always I, just, I find it interesting too because then the bulls career ends you know on the shot over brian russell in the utah jazz almost like book ending both you know like of the greatness of really when the you know when the true true michael jordan really took off uh, it's just amazing. I just don't think you, with a lot of athletes, you can do that. And that's, no, no just, it's it's very few. To have to, to have one is great. He's got a full catalog of shots that you could say. But I would say the Russell shot and the Elo shot, and then the one in North Carolina are at the the top of the list. Ephraim, it's been fun. Let's uh, let's do it again next week. How about that? Why don't we do it again next week? All right. He's Ephraim Salam. Get him on Twitter at Ephraim Salam. I'm Dan Beyer. Get me on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. Talk to you next week. Have a great Sunday, everyone. See you. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus